Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, 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 and welcome to The New Normal. I'm Deborah Francis-White. We are The Guilty Feminist, and my doorbell's just rung. Uh, just one second. Tom Selinski, can you please get the door? Thank you. Uh, I'm on television. This is how television's made now. This is exactly what happens when Graham Norton's making his show or John Oliver's making his show. They just, the doorbell rings, and they just, they just ride it out. They just, they just handle it. That's how it goes. Um, hello, hello. Um, I am going to be joined very soon by Amica George. Let me see if she's there. Maybe it's her at the door. Amica George seems to be there, and she'll be joining us in five, four, three, two, one. There she is. It's Amica. Hey. Oh, Hello, Amica. Welcome to the new normal, the Guilty Feminist show about life and feminism in lockdown. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, this is the new normal. Is the best name for this, by the way, because like. It's weird how quickly we've all adapted to the fact that I know. everyone, I just, every time I go on Instagram and I see notifications saying like a million people have gone live, I know it's on the hour. It's like 6pm exactly because everyone's uh, doing yes. um, lives. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. How, how the hell are you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I think it's now been like an, a long enough time for everyone to kind of have, have adjusted. So I feel quite settled in the new normal um and I'm it's weird being back kind of in my family unit I've been saying to my friends and I think they agree that everyone feels a lot younger almost because we've Mm. had like a year and a half of university and independence and like doing your own thing and then all of a sudden I feel like I'm back in in secondary school and like reliant on my parents for meal times and like Mm. everyone's just getting on top of each other a bit but um, I'm good yeah it's interesting yes that's interesting of course if a lot of millennials and gen zeds live at home you're gen zed aren't you yeah. um and yeah of course you go back it's quite infantilizing really isn't it because you're suddenly in your parents home and you you can't go out so it does evoke secondary school a bit exactly it's not your parents telling you to stay in it's the government 
<laughs> it's like it's slightly a slightly bigger force that you can't really reckon with but um yeah it's, it's a weird kind of like mental adjustment but then I think there's also a lot of kind of solidarity in the fact that everyone's doing it and everyone's That's so true in it We're together so in the same boat exactly uh, there's no FOMO because it's not no like all your FOMO. friends are going to the pub <laughs> um and you're missing out we're all kind of stuck at home together so it's it makes it more reassuring it's true a friend of mine has a newborn baby and she was saying oh, i'm really recalibrating and you know i'm really you know trying to refine myself and i was like this is the best time to be doing that because the yeah. whole world is doing that and there is no FOMO. It's not like you've got this newborn baby, everyone else is out in a bar and you're seeing them all on Instagram and you're thinking, oh my God, they didn't even think to ask me. You know, I know. It, it, at least, I mean, if you're going to have a newborn baby, which is always difficult. Yeah. This is the time. Not, I'm not suggesting that for you, Amica. <laughs> I mean, I would be up for it. Why not? Um, <laughs> my, my auntie's actually just had a baby about a week ago and I was talking to her about it and she was just saying it's the strangest kind of environment to bring a baby into. The, like you've, oh. It's a really, um, I can imagine it being a really difficult kind of thing to deal with, just thinking about bringing a baby into the world when the world is so weird and uncertain and no one really knows what's going on. But in a lot of ways, it's quite safe in that, there is this protection of home and family and there's not hundreds of people trying to see the baby or like stop you in the street and all of that's this. true yeah there it's are quite... so many different yeah it must be just a very weird time though to be you, know, you also can't have people coming over to give you an hour off or to exactly have cups of tea with you so in a way it's it's kind of a good thing but um it's going to be a strange generation i read somewhere that it's they're going to be called generation c which i don't think is don't think they should really be defined by the virus, but um, the new generation. Oh, like C for Corona. Yeah, Oof. like they'll be the next generation of, that are brought into the world, and this will be their version of normality, which is really strange. I mean, it will be for a while. I, it may not. If if we if in a year's time, like we are completely beyond this, and there's a an anti an, there's a vaccine, then yeah. then I don't think it'll define their whole childhood. I think it'll be one thing. I hope, I hope it doesn't. I know. I feel like the conversation everyone's been having at the moment is like, how long is it going to last? When do you think the vaccine's going to be? It's like no one has any scientific basis, but everyone has some kind of... I know, theory. Theory, based on hope, I think, based on what they want. Based on hope, indeed. And based on whether you're a glass half full or a glass half empty. True, uh, definitely, yeah. Person, if you're a corona half full or far, half empty. But I, I'm thinking a year we'll have a vaccine. And I think... Yeah. I don't know. As you say, why are we speculating? Um, has no this point. crisis given you any new I'm a feminist parts? I was thinking about this and then I, I was like trying to think of one and I looked on my phone and I realised that I'd, last night before going to bed I'd put a um, note, like a reminder on my phone that just said in capital letters, <laughs> tweeze, to remind myself <laughs> to tweeze my eyebrows before this live stream, which God, is... I haven't done mine, but I've, I've put my <laughs> reading glasses on because it helps with the screen. Yeah. Um, and actually I have, because yesterday I did, I did my uh, makeup and hair for the first time because I had to make a fancy video. And oh, wow. it, I felt so much more like myself, but I, I have know. not, I'm, I'm on a script and I have not done it for today and my eyebrows badly need tweezing. I mean, it's such a strange thing because you, you think about how normal it is to just like make sure that you look kind of, yeah, tweezed. But then <laughs> as soon as you don't have any reason to, you just, you just let it go. So then you realise that if you had the choice, you probably wouldn't, you know? It's, it's the 
It's the patriarchy telling us to tweeze our eyebrows. I I oscillate on this because I also think it's very human to decorate. And we we are decorative creatures. Like we decorate our homes. A small child will want to decorate their pencil case. So I think we are decorators. People love lipstick and tattoos and Mm. changing our hair. And I think grooming is part of that. But it is true that part of that is our self-expression. So if we're not going out of the house... I know who I am, but when I go out of the house, I want to carry some of that forward out into the world so other people know who I am. And I think that's that's why tattoos have become so popular, and I'm not not a tattoo person. Mm. Do you have a tattoo, Amika? No, I don't. I I think I'm scared of the permanence. I don't think I'm the kind of person, I'm not a very committed (laughs) committed person, so I don't think I could commit to something on my body, as in I'd like it today and hate it tomorrow, so I don't know if I could commit. I agree because and anything that seems good today, you know what? I know people who've got 20 year old tattoos of Chinese symbols <laughs> and our feelings about that have completely changed, exactly. but they got it in Bali on a holiday. And then they realize that it means nothing near what they thought it would nothing be. <laughs> and then now they're feeling like, have I got cultural appropriation on my back? And you know, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I like Scarlett Curtis's tattoos, but she said she's got, t- she's got a tattoo that says tea. And she said, because say- I know my feelings are never going to change about tea. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel the same way about tea, actually. I, I probably would. I could get, like, oat milk. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, well, no, you can't get oat milk because then it'll come out that oat milk's the worst thing for the The worst thing ever for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, or, or, yeah, whatever. Um, okay. I think I could probably get the guilty feminist on my ankle or something like that. Like yeah, I think you can definitely feminist. get the guilty feminist. That's not something that's going to become problematic or something that you dislike in the future. I mean, I mean, you never know. You never know. <laughs> never know. Cancel is periods. only ever a day away. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I got if I got periods or like period poverty, and that'd be weird. Um, but I, I mean, think it, I is, think... it is what you're most known for now. But when you're 48, you may not want that to, that may not be your defining you know yeah i mean i'd hope not the period guy i've been referred to so many times at uni by students and an academic came up to me and said oh i know who you are you're the period lady no she said that you're the tampon lady wow. <laughs> which was odd i was like yeah. wow never been referred to that before but thanks i mean <laughs> it turns out you have but just behind your back exactly um, have you got any coping strategies for staying emotionally and mentally stable during this time? And it's okay to say no. Uh, I've been yeah. up and down and all over the shop. But have you got anything you could share that's working for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely struggled in the first couple of weeks more um, when it was just like the weird period of adjustment and I didn't really know what was going on. And like I said, being back at home, I'm really lucky that, you know, my family are all healthy and we all get on well. But it is definitely a weird kind of mental adjustment. Um, And I think the thing that helped me to kind of adjust that more than anything was just accepting that every day was going to be really different. And Mm. I mean, I'm just like very kind of crazy about organization and like making sure I'm on top of the things I need to be. So literally every night I will make a to-do list for the next day. And every evening I would feel disappointed that I hadn't achieved it or I hadn't like done all the things or got all the things I wanted to do done. Mm. And then the second that I realized that was actually so unproductive and just unhelpful for mental health and everything else, I just, 
forgot forgot about it now I've stopped making the to-do list I think that really helps and I also think just accepting that every day is going to be super different super different um like some days you're going to wake up and you're going to be super motivated and you're going to want to do stuff and then some days you're just going to want to watch Netflix and like accepting that that's fine Mm. just really helps me to just like relax a bit more I I think that's great advice because in real life in our former life there were times when you'd work really hard on the day but then you'd go out in the evening and blow off some steam with some friends yeah um, and then you'd have a lie-in and then you'd you know you'd go to the gym and you'd you'd get some energy that way and there were all sorts of things we did that we now can't do so uh yeah hello i'm just trying to get rid of this um there's uh there's some men's rights activists i think who have uh found us and so it's never happened before but um except one day someone was very queer phobic oh here we go they've all come (laughs) around so i'm just hiding it from from it all um uh, so every time one of them comes on oh there's another one oh really they're like they don't have very original phrases do they no um (laughs) Uh, someone's saying hello the trolls don't feed the trolls folks no i'm not feeding them i'm just i'm uh i'm i'm just getting rid of them but they must have decided to all gang up on us today emma i'm really sorry they found us and they've come for your day (laughs) that's okay welcome um now somebody's saying they're like lice but i don't know if they're talking about the trolls or us it's hard (laughs) it's hard uh stupid bots i'd say oh ignore people are saying okay well we'll ignore it if any more come up and i can quickly get rid of them that's fine i'm just gonna ignore them okay all right um so yes that's a really good it's a really good note that when you're feeling productive feel free to produce when you're feeling like you need a rest understand that in your real life you have lots more dynamics to choose from and therefore you're doing those things naturally um oh um (laughs) Uh, okay so um we're reading some of this is fascinating uh if you're watching this on youtube you probably won't be able to see what we can see um because it comes up at a different time so uh be grateful yeah absolutely um somebody's here saying i really love your campaigning amica we did about period poverty and i didn't realize how little some people know about periods a boy in my class after girls what a luck a duck on their periods oh (laughs) Uh, well i'm glad you were able to educate them and i agree amica you're doing phenomenal work can i ask you is there anything you're doing uh that you can only do online uh now because you can't get out of the house in the same way that's a feminist project that we could get behind or help with oh that's a great question um well generally the kind of free periods and the campaign has always been only online and i always kind of say i wouldn't have been able to do it if it hadn't been for the internet because that's what enabled me as like when i I started when i was 17 i was in school and um i was Warn me her internet might be a bit dodgy. So I told her, oh, here she is, she's back. Yep, you you (laughs) cut out for a bit. So you started at Um, 17 at school. So that's what was available to you then. And so that's what you're used to. Exactly. So my first thought when I read about period poverty, which is girls in the UK having to miss school because they couldn't afford pads and tampons. um, When I read about that, my first thought kind of intuitively was to put it on my Instagram or send it to my friends on a WhatsApp group or even email it. I, I wouldn't have really had those Hi, can you hear me? I can't yes. then. Yes. <laughs> um so if it hadn't been for the internet I wouldn't have made, been able to achieve those things. So I'm lucky that even though I was kind of at school doing exams, um, I was still able to keep it up and use social media to encourage other people to keep it up and then 
everything, all the change that was made was the kind of community that was built around free periods was all virtual. It was all um, people putting the link to the petition in their Instagram bios and their like posting it on Twitter, getting celebrities and influencers to help. Um, that's how you were at the protest that we did about three years ago. And that's how we got all those people there. It was solely through the internet. Um, and everyone was there because they'd seen a tweet or an Instagram post or got an email. So I think that's testament to the power of the internet. And that's the kind of activism that will hopefully kind of see a resurgence now that we're all stuck inside and have a lot of time on our hands. Maybe now is the best time if you've ever thought about kind of becoming an activist and making some kind of change. This is the best time to do it because we have you have all the tools the internet i think is the only tool that we really need at the moment um and you need people you need that support network and community and i think there's no a lot of people will devalue the power of online activism and think there's mm. just numbers or it's just signatures on a petition and it's not actually making change but as a result of the kind of the three hundred thousand people who signed the free periods petition and um the millions of people who have engaged with it online as a result of that the government changed um changed their policy and Obviously, actually yeah. and as of now as of january of 2020 um you, there are free menstrual products in all schools and colleges in the country um and so that's testament to the power of online activism so i don't think it should be discredited or devalued in any way I absolutely agree. And what I love is that it gave someone like you, who's 17 years of age, the power to start it and start that ball rolling. And I remember when um, Scarlett messaged me and said, uh, I've met someone called Erica George and could she come on The Guilty Feminist? And you came on and talked about your live protest. And But you then got up so much head of steam through the online stuff that when we went and stood in the street in front of the House of Commons, you had a following. And you could not have built that following when I was 17 it's just not wouldn't have been possible but you can yeah. reach so many different people so you're 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 so right about that and this is a great time for us to be doing online feminism is there something we can help you with that we can get behind that if you make a story of today that we can we can uh we can donate to or uh champion follow retweet uh get involved in yeah um well so one thing well I've kind of been encouraging people to donate to uh, bloody good period and beauty banks because they're providing so free periods is a kind of campaign but we work with other charities who actually do um, the work in providing the products to the people who need them but the government haven't kind of provided for in the way that they have um, in schools um, so I've been encouraging people to donate there as well as that we ran a campaign in September called free period stories encouraging people to um, post videos online of them telling any kind of period story awkward or funny or meaningful or even one that had a kind of bad ending that at the time you thought was really horrendous and scarring but looking back everyone has a story everyone has something that happened to them um, related to their period so um, I'm still kind of encouraging people to post those online just to kind of break that stigma because we've all been told I was definitely told subconsciously and very explicitly from a young age that actually you know periods are disgusting and you've got to be quiet about them and you know you've got to shove a tampon up your sleeve and all of this but actually I think as the feminist movement moves forward and we're all thinking about um we're kind of de kind of what's the word dismantling these structures in our minds we're realizing that actually periods are um just a facet of the a regular bodily yeah regular bodily function yeah and, and because they because um, 
you know, they happen to half of the population and that they happen to happen to the half of the population that are so, um, yeah, oppressed. We can't talk about them in the way that, I remember you saying in your speech, Deborah, that if men had periods, you know, they'd shout about them all the time and we definitely have free products. And obviously I completely agree with that. And I think we need to dismantle this idea that they're just so, yeah, stigmatized and taboo and young, young children shouldn't be brought up with the idea um, or the assumption that actually, you know, I'm just going to not tell anyone. Some of my friends didn't tell their peri- their mums about their period for six months after starting. Wow. Um, which, yeah. It's yeah really- we've got to get rid of that shame and that stigma. So we can help by amplifying, following, uh, donating if we have the cash to Bloody Good Period, but giving them a follow and, uh, and retweeting, amplifying them, forwarding their details to someone who can afford it if we can't is yeah. a really big deal. And maybe this is a good time as well to talk to the young people in our families about periods, both girls and boys, um, and, and, and non-binary uh, teens in our lives uh, about yeah. periods. And, and as you say, you know, t- sharing those stories of our worst period moment can really help. So if we can copy in free period to any stories we've got, funny stories about our periods, yeah. uh, the worst time, you know, something really embarrassing happened or a time where we thought, actually, I don't have to be embarrassed, whatever it is. And yeah. if we could put that on and we copy in at free period. At free periods with an S, yeah. The other at thing the I should mention is that, um, so the government scheme to provide products for free in school started in January, but obviously um, all schools and colleges are closed now. But if you are someone who still needs those products if you get in touch with your school they're still able to order the product um, through phs and they can be delivered to either um your own school or a school local school to you and you can pick them up from there so um hopefully that was one of my biggest worries when i heard that schools were closing that so many children who were reliant on the government's support um who are now unaccounted for so so lexi was actually just asking on this exactly that um how do you how do you get hold of those products if you're if you were reliant on them and you're now at home and the answer is you phone your school and if when you're out on your daily exercise walk or your shopping trip or whatever you can pop into your school will the schools be open to receive um yes yeah, so they will f- for the scheme um they for should the scheme. Okay. they were having they had a monthly delivery of the products um anyway so that will continue as normal so Great. The best thing is to to talk openly. I think that's obviously another facet of the stigma that it's hard to kind of break that wall and say to the school that you need the products. But obviously now it's more essential than ever. Great. Somebody uh, called um, Ali here um, says, I'm a feminist, but I haven't used my moon cup because I need to boil it on the stove to sterilize it. And I really hate cooking. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, wouldn't call it cooking. but Fair. Absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, so Kent, so so if you make stories of those things after this and at the guilty feminist, yeah, I will share them and we can do a swipe Amazing. up. Or if everyone can follow free periods here yeah. and on Twitter, that would be fantastic. Amazing. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And have you got any feminist or escapist books, films, or television shows that we should know about that you've been consuming Ooh. while locked in? Oh, I don't know how feminist they are. Um, they can be feminist or they can be escapist or they could just be things you like. This is about life and feminism in okay, lockdown. Cool. And guilty feminism. Um, yes. Do you, so I finished Unorthodox yesterday. I feel like everyone's talking oh, about it. So good. Yeah. Really so many good. people have recommended that. Yeah. I would definitely recommend that. Um, I'm a big fan of the American comedy show Veep. Yes. Watch that. I have. I've watched it all. I've watched it so, all. But I mean, it's hard for it now to be as ludicrous as actual American politics. They did say towards the end, spoofing yeah. what was really happening in America. Like if they'd had the president recommend everyone drink bleach to get rid of COVID and then pretend he was being sarcastic, you'd think too much, too far, wouldn't you? Exactly. And now it's just <laughs> the lines of sitcom and reality are just blurred. It's just um, another day. It's but, just another day. In terms of a book, I read God of Small Things by Arundhati Roy, um, which is obviously like quite a famous, like a well-known mm. book. But um, she is actually from where I'm from in South India. And oh. it's set really close to where, um, where like my great-grandparents, where one of my great-grandparents um, lived. And so I yeah, felt really personally connected to that and enjoyed that a lot. Um, and then I also have been reading yeah history because i'm at university and have exams soon um, do you really are you gonna boring. have to do your cambridge exams from home are you gonna do them open book yeah so they're open i've actually got a pretty good deal um comparatively with other subjects but we have 24 hours to do two essays and it's all open book and wow. online so it's it's pretty good um i wish i'd had that i would have done i would have done better than i did <laughs> but I know, it's a pretty I, lucky escape other, kind of but in another way it's fun to all go in together and come out and say how did it go and have your you know yeah. go there well, go hunting kind of... and drink cider in cambridge and as it is you're yeah. just like sitting at home locked in doing exams on your own so, I know, I don't know what, how anyone will celebrate when it's over. There's a really, ex you must have this at Oxford, but a really extravagant, um, like, celebration of everyone throwing champagne over each other, mm -hmm. which mm. is probably quite sad if you do that to yourself in isolation. Um, yeah, I think shaking up a bottle of champagne and spraying it over yourself. I suppose if you're all on <laughs> Facebook, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm like, or on FaceTime, rather, but I'm like, hmm... Yeah. Someone here is saying open book exams are tougher because they expect more. No pressure, Amica. Thanks for that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I did think people we... are saying they're more experienced, they're more difficult because uh, people are expecting more. Okay, but I feel like Amica's so clever. 
she is not going to have any problem. <laughs> no. um, My friends Ben and Grace are there and say, say hi. So, hey, Ben and Grace. <laughs> hey. Um, uh, can I ask, um, is there a yeah. dark thought or low moment that you've had that you wouldn't mind sharing? Because we, we ask this every day because people are very keen to share, understandably, because we're human. They're their most fun moments when they're recreating a scene from Pulp Fiction uh, or yeah. having a toga party uh, yeah. with a bourbon theme. But <laughs> when you're really feeling low, it's, of course, you're not sharing that with the world, understandably. Yeah. And it makes everyone feel so much calmer when they hear that other people, maybe people they look up to or admire or have enjoyed their work or something like that, feels really desperate um yeah. has is has had did you have a time in the first couple of weeks or have you had a moment of going oh my god how long is this going to go on and felt very low definitely um yeah i think like i was saying every day has been really different and there are days when i just yeah wake up and i'm just kind of completely confused i think i was talking about um this with a friend yesterday that the news has just become like a really I don't know, I've developed quite a toxic relationship with the news um, mm. in that it can become really addictive to just like scroll through the news or like go on the Guardian live updates and mm -hmm. all you're seeing, I mean, I think it's changed now compared to with the beginning of the lockdown, but um, the beginning of Corona, all it was, it was just an increasing death toll and that's all you were mm. seeing and it becomes quite kind of compelling. Like I'm seeing people on the comments saying that they're also having to stop watching the news because mm. I think it's just it can be addictive but not helpful because all mm. it says a lot of the time is just that the situation is deteriorating and you don't that's not always what you want to hear um no. but at the same time there is a lot of good news out there so um I'm trying to redirect my energies and a low moment I would say yesterday I went to see my grandma kind of from a, I stood in the pavement and she was in her, at her doorstep and I was quite surprised she lives on her own and I was quite surprised that she um, was kind of seemed to be taking things in her stride she was you know quite chilled out about everything and like she didn't seem very um, she was kind of blasé like surprisingly mm. um, and then when I was saying bye to her and my, I was with my dad and we kind of like started walking back towards the car and we, I, it was just like this collective feeling, the three of us, that mm. every single time I, oh my God, my TV just turns on, sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, I will bask. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, it's okay, the robot's taking over, it's very clear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like every, I've, you know, used to visit her every single um, weekend and we'd always just kind of, as a matter of instinct and by just giving each other a hug or a kiss and then not being able to do that just like mm. really that was the, for me the first realization of how weird the world is like you know all these years just normal interaction has just been completely transformed so that was the moment that she kind of like broke down and then my dad broke down and then I cried and it was all just like oh. a bit intense um but I think when you I think things like that make you realize that when it's all over like that first hug with anyone, your yeah. friends or family is just going to be a lot better, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, it really will. I'm really looking forward to hugging my mum as well. Yeah. Oof. Do you have any hope for humanity, renewed hope for humanity as a Gen Z from this, that maybe we'll learn something as a human race? Definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, I'd hope that we'll value people and value the time that we spend with the people in our lives um 
and in, in a different way just kind of hopefully when we're together people won't be on their phone so much or distracted you'll just value it sounds so so cheesy but just being like in the moment and not thinking about not overthinking things or trying to plan ahead obsessively I think will hopefully change I've been talking also to my mum a lot about um people's relationship with food and how um potentially we'll kind of eat out less and like eat healthier or make mm. make our own food a lot of the time because we've realized that it's actually really easy and sustainable and cheap um and, and also <laughs> shop lo we'll shop locally i think more that's what phoebe yeah. uh new normal which came out as a podcast today on the guilty feminist feed um yeah. it was like a guilty feminist new normal crossover and she said she's been shopping at her local shop and going okay well what they've got is a cauliflower i have to be creative with that yeah. and instead of going to the big sainsbury's and having exactly what you want making do with what is close and local and getting to know the people in the local shop and I think that's a really nice local, that will get us back to sustainability and, and in, a, in a much more quickly than anything else, that if we're sort of ludicrously shipping mangoes around the world in the middle of winter, yeah. our time. Exactly. I mean, it's just... I mean, it's, just generally the environmental impacts that, like, it's so fast we've seen, um, you know, from just the fact that flights were stopped, that's had such a huge impact. So, and, you know, no one's hugely suffering from the fact that... Um, you know we can't go on summer holidays for example so i think it's just like again just showing like an alternate reality is really important and hopefully will change just the way that we even if we, it doesn't massively change our actions just the way that we think think about things what about you do you have any um oh experience? i yeah i'm i'm hopeful that this will build empathy for people uh yeah. in people for refugees and other people who've had like a you know people who are running from war or something else that people will now be able to imagine this happening to them and it not being mm. their fault and going yeah you know some people are in a police state and they can never leave the house and we have to fight for their rights 100%. and you know so like it just building empathy in a community that has really very infrequently had civil liberties taken away on this scale. Um, also building empathy in white people for people of color who mm -hmm. are always treated worse by the police and yeah. always with more suspicion by the judicial system, like understanding, you know, if you're now going to go for a walk in a park, a police officer might shout at you. So I'm hoping that yeah, so that the, um, the bridges being built, like we do need to be staying indoors. We do need to be not loitering and sunbathing in parks, all of those things. But it's just, I hope building empathetic pathways. Um, yeah. There's a brilliant article that Steve Alley wrote for the British GQ about the parallels between being a refugee and going into uh, going into lockdown because of COVID and how unexpected it is and how you have to adapt to change very quickly. And yeah. I really love it because it puts the refugees into a, his, into a sort of power position of, look, we've done all this. We've been here. We know how to adapt. This is new for you. And, but also it's very empathy, empathy, empathy building that when you read it, mm -hmm. you go, yeah, I'm feeling like that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. And this is what I can learn. But also it makes you go, look, if there was a really suddenly the strain of COVID in the UK became much more dangerous than, than anything on the continent. And you could leave if you could had, a, if you tested and you were okay and you could leave and your chances of dying here were very high, people would leave. People mm. would just go, they would go, yeah. you know? Um, so uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Are there any habits that you've developed in this time that you might take through or you think human beings might take through? Ooh, um, I mean, I was so, yeah, like touched and reassured by when it kind of, 
I'm so lucky but when it first all kind of happened how many people were just a lot of my friends and family just checking in on each other and making sure that everyone's okay um like I don't think it's the most incredible thing going forward but just how virtual communication has meant that everyone's continued um stayed connected and like we were saying before this is still there's even though it's such a horrific situation and everyone's really going through it there is this feeling of collectivity and everyone mm. being in it together in solidarity and I think that the fact that the internet's allowed us to continue to maintain those human connections is what's kind of sustaining everyone um so I think like you said with, with empathy going forward you know whether we're in a pandemic or not just checking in with people and making sure they're okay I found it so funny how at the beginning like this never really happened before but at the beginning of emails and um like even text messages and everything everyone will say you know like I hope you're okay I hope your family are well mm. well and healthy and safe nobody was that nice on email no. before. nobody was as kind of empathetic and con genuinely concerned like it doesn't feel like everyone's just saying that for the sake of it it's just kind of people care now um not that they didn't before but I think there is just like this heightened awareness that someone yeah, you're talking to could be going through something awful yeah, our empathy's really been activated, I think. We've sort of started yeah. to go, oh, and our, our, it just our normal has been shifted and we're not just charging around thinking about ourselves. Yeah. D doing, 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 doing. We've stepped back and we're being a little bit more. Um, do you have anything else, anything in your house that you would like to show us? Any free period stuff or any pets? Uh, uh, I don't any, have any hats? Pets. Any hats, oh my God. Um, anything fun you want to show us? You do not have to. So I would, but I'm in my parents' room at the moment because it's the strongest oh. Wi-Fi connection. And I think they would kill me for sharing any, sharing it, whatever. No, it is. that's fine. Uh, you can show us something on the stuff. stories. Make a story of something you've I got. Am, I am actually reading this book that I'm using as a rest. So I could show, I'm using two good books as a, as rest. Um, Excellent. Let me get them. It means that I'll lose. Okay, so this book I read. <laughs> okay, this book I read, um, like a year and a half ago, but would really recommend, I don't know if you've read it, Hillbilly Elegy. Nice, I have that. Um, incredible book. Um, this book is like a kind of history book, but also I'd recommend if you're not that interested in history, called Inglorious, I feel like a YouTuber or something. No, no, you <laughs> um, love it. It's called Inglorious Empire by a historian called Shashi Theroux. Um, and he did an amazing talk at the Oxford Union a few years ago um, and it was a debate about whether Britain owes reparations to um, former colonies and he did this speech that was just incredible and um, went completely viral and then he turned it into a book and yeah it's it's like will completely change everything you thought about empire and just like the extent of damage and um, like the existing impact um wonderful so i'd really recommend that this book i don't know why because <laughs> i'm gonna really embarrass my mum but i got sent this book a few months ago with absolutely no explanation like it didn't have i mean i assume it's from the author but there was no note there was no um like a lot of the time i'll get like sent a book and asked to tweet about it or something this is called <laughs> the pelvic floor bible oh i got sent that too yeah that got sent to all feminists uh, all feminists so, got that. Any any feminist with an audience got sent that. Yeah, so maybe I have that's not well. yet done my pelvic floor bible, and I probably me neither. Should. But I now's the best time, so <laughs> maybe I should. Uh, 
Uh, to make you feel more like a YouTuber, people are asking to see your earrings and find out where they're from. Can we see your earrings? <laughs> These are oh, my earrings. Oh my God, uh, where are they from? Uh, so, uh, this is kind of a relatively funny story about um, about these earrings is that I lost them. They were from Topshop. I lost them and then my friend went to Taiwan in summer and found them in a random, the exact same earrings in a random market in Taiwan, so bought them for me. Wow. So, <laughs> but they're probably still on Topshop. <laughs> that is a really cool story. That's a fabulously um, cool story. Um, I love that. And finally, if they said quarantine's over right now, what's the first thing you do? What are you dying to do? Oh my God, I think something really simple, just like seeing my friends, going to a pub, going to a park. I think the weather being so nice in London is really hot. It's really nice, obviously, because it boosts everyone's mood, but it's also, um, yeah, annoying that we can't go and enjoy it. I know. I imagine we've all been out in the beer gardens and outside and sitting by canals and picnicking. Easter weekend, the it, weather was taking the piss. Oh, yeah, that was... But that did help because it was like a, a reason to be happy and eat. Yeah, at least we got to walk. To, I got to walk to Primrose Hill and be in it for a little while. But then we had to yeah. come back and, you know, it was such glorious picnic weather. And it was. You know, we've got a little tiny bit of outdoor space. We've got a tiny terrace, but, you know, it's enough for a barbecue and a sofa. Um, yeah. So we can get outside. We're very lucky to have that because when we moved in here, we didn't have that. We had to knock through to get that. Um, and some people I know have got gardens and that's great. But most yeah. people I know in London don't have any outdoor space at all. And you're like looking outside going, oh, it's so sunny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, one thing I, could, I also wanted to mention is that I'm writing a book at the moment. Yes, which... I was just going to ask you about that. Anything to plug yeah. I know you're writing a book because you've asked me to contribute to it. I know, and I'm very excited um, to see your answers and feature your voice. It's, um, I was going to say, if anybody, because I'm kind of in the process of going through the final edits at the moment. So if it's kind of a very practical guide to activism um, with very simple steps on how, no matter where you are in the world, no matter who you are, what your gender is, what your age is, um, if you want to get involved in activism in a kind of micro-activism in your local community or something as big as a global campaign and where to start, how to kind of go about it. A lot of the things we were talking about um, before in terms of like making allies, um, even organising a protest or um, using social media, that kind of thing. That's what it's about. And um, I'm trying to gather, I'm trying to include as much as I can from my experiences. A lot of people um, yeah, contact me on social media and say, how do you, how do you do it? So I've tried to include those tips in it. But also if anyone um, watching this has any suggestions or questions that they want to send me on, um, on Instagram or Twitter that they think would be really helpful to know and include in the book, because it's kind of based on my experiences and the things that I wish I'd done differently or the things I would just definitely not do again. Um, things I would do again, like come on the guilty feminist, um, <laughs> whatever um, people want to hear. So yeah, if anyone That's has fantastic. any. We yeah. cannot wait till that comes out, Amica George. That is a brilliant, Thank brilliant you. resource for everyone. I cannot believe you're writing a book while sitting finals. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been intense. Like I um, have tried to balance both, but it's been a really weird, yeah, a weird I mean, lockdown's on the upside for you because you imagine if you also had to celebrate with your friends and imagine if the weather was this glorious in Cambridge and everyone was punching. I know. The book would I mean, probably. <laughs> the book the book deadline is all down to lockdown. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> your publishers are like, yes, yeah. she can't go outside. <laughs> um, so, oh. listen, uh, what's the, what's your book going to be called? 
it's called Make It Happen and it's out on the 3rd of September, I hope. Wow. That's the other thing. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, it might be predominantly an ebook, but um, yeah. Make well, it if happen. there's a book launch okay. and we're allowed out of the house, I will definitely be there. Please cannot, come. Absolutely cannot wait. Make It Happen by Amica George will be out on the 3rd of September. Uh, can we pre-order it yet or no, not yet? Yes, you can. You can pre-order oh. it um, at the moment. And yeah, I can put the link um, in my social media and stuff. Um, and if you are making stuff. a story with a swipe up and send me the swipe up links. Yes. And yes, will I do. will then share it with the swipe up link. Hi, Hi Scarlett Curtis. Uh, amazing. So I should mention myself. that a lot of amazing activists are featured in the book, including Scarlett Curtis, um, Gina Martin, fingers crossed malala maybe might be Ooh. in it um yeah so it's not just my voice because i think that would be quite boring um so no, yeah i'm the same i interviewed you for my book yes i did you did so, so um amica george is in the guilty feminist book and there's, there's interviews uh, there's a there's a chapter on activism in which i interviewed a lot of different activists because i just thought that part most of it's in my voice but i wanted to make it more intersectional and also i thought everyone does it a different way so amica features yeah. Um, and uh, you could, we can all learn a lot from Amica George and uh, her inspiration at 17 to change her patch of the world and to see it to conclusion. And now the law has changed. You and Gina Martin give me massive inspiration uh, that, that, that we can change legislation and that democracy s still works, not as well as it should, but it, it, it can work. And yeah. we have to collectively come together and say, this is what we really, 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 really want and you work for us. Um, Annika, is there anything else you want to tell us before you go? Um, oh my God, no, I don't think so. I'm so bad under pressure. Um, no, I mean, yeah, no, thank you so much for this. I mean, I think it, one, it, the point that you raised about social media and people only putting live streams up of them doing fun stuff is so valid. Like I think, like I was saying, live streams have just taken over and they've been so amazing. But if you're not, um, if you're not having a great time, it, it can be hard to watch people who seem to be thriving under such difficult circumstances. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important that you're sharing not just, not just the good bits. So thank you. Amica, can I just say every day there is uh, the lovely Hannah at the merch store, the lovely mm -hmm. Hannah, uh, find something you've said, the guest has said, and makes it into an on-demand order T-shirt oh that says, stay home, the new normal, and then a quote from you and uh, ex-Amica George. Uh, and it, she will find something that you've said today. But if there's anything that you would particularly like to go on the T-shirt, either you or about all the wonderful people watching, um, I saw that Jonquil mentioned something before. Um, <laughs> you're, was it you're the period lady? Was that what you thought would be funny, <laughs> Jonquil? So it could be you're the period lady, or it okay. could be could be a sort of early make it by um, pre order make it happen. <laughs> that would be good. Pre order make it happen out in September. <laughs> Great. Um, All right. Well, Hannah will uh, Hannah will make a choice. She'll listen to the Amazing. whole thing, and she might find something we haven't even thought of. Uh, so thank you so much. And if everyone would like to see the full range of t-shirts, uh, the profit goes a hundred percent to you, Amica, or oh. the guest or artist who has come on the show because we know it's very difficult for artists and activists to make a living at the moment as we are not uh, allowed out of the house. What's the sustainability of the t-shirts like? Uh, yeah, we've, we have of course uh, made sure that it's as sustainable as uh, possible and also that it, they're only printed on demand. So they only print one Amazing. if someone orders one, so there's no waste. Uh, but we do all of our stuff through the merch store because they really do um, 
make sure that uh, everything is sustainable as is humanly possible. Um, so thank you very much. And uh, if you. you want to buy any of those, go to guiltyfeminist.com and look at our merch and their stay at home t-shirts. And you'll be able to see the whole range there. And if you'd like to support The Guilty Feminist, at the moment we cannot do live gigs, which is normally how we make uh, enough money to pay our guests and uh, make a living because uh, The Guilty Feminist is such a big operation now. It's, it's sort of swept aside all the rest of my living almost because uh, it's all I've, ha I've had time for. So if anyone would like to support with our Patreon account, uh, that would be really, really helpful. And that's also on guiltyfeminist.com. Don't forget to pre-order Amica's book. And Amica will make stories of everything she talked about. And if you at the Guilty Feminist, we'll share them. And if there's any swipe up links, just send me the links, Amica, and I'll make them so people can swipe up. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Thank, you for, thank you for coming. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.